now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty. Tommy D. We are here once again with you in our post-sermon podcast. And we are actually, this is the post-series podcast. Indeed. Just finished up this past week with our latest series entitled... Pathway to Maturity. Very good. Very good. Good memory there. You, you put me on the um, spot. You got it. Well, I was drawing a blank. <laughs> it's kind of like when I tried to quote that scripture on Sunday morning in the second service, and I completely blanked out. Completely blanked out. I was so glad that you're memorizing it with me. Listen, I'm, I'm sitting there in the front row, and I'm watching. I can always tell if you're genuinely asking or not based on your eyes yeah. and your eye contact. You were like, <laughs> I need help, help a brother out. <laughs> that was great. Oh, yeah, and you bailed me out on that one. But there were several people in the congregation that are memorizing with me, mm-hmm. and they were loving it. They were eating it up, eating it up, because they knew it. They had it right. So, uh, But, yeah, this week we, we are finishing up, and we were talking about Cleaning up after ourselves. And um, I know around your house, you pick up all your dirty laundry, dirty towels, probably throw your dishes in the dishwasher or wash them, whether, whichever way that is, clean up off the table. You know, everywhere Tom goes, where he leaves a mess or has a mess, he cleans it up, right? Is For sure. Way- and, and what I've discovered is sometimes I'll have to intentionally leave clothes or dishes out just so Leah doesn't think I'm too perfect. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's I, I'm why. sure that's it. I'm sure that's it. Yeah. Just a reminder that there is another person in the house. You know, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're there. Yeah. And you're leaving a trail. <laughs> so good, yeah. I'm so bad at it. I so am too. It's like, it's like the dirty clothes can just make it within a foot of the, of the hamper, you know? It's like I'm across the room taking my T-shirt off, throwing it across the room, and it, it doesn't make it. But There's been times she's walked by and looked up at me. With what you just said, yeah. it's like a foot, and she just looks up and goes, <laughs> so close. I just, hate hanging up clothes. Oh, Like all my jeans, I lay them across the ironing board. You know, they're mm-hmm. just in there in the in the closet. <laughs> I've got several um, dress shirts right now that I don't dry. I let them air dry before mm-hmm. I iron them, and they're still hanging on the bar stool <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, so what we're saying is that, ladies, you know this, your children – your male children especially, they never start cleaning up after themselves. Or very seldom do we. Occasionally you'll just have enough. But as a Christian, or as just a human being in general, we make messes that we have to clean up. Um, You know, as Christians, we would call that sin. And I guess someone who's not a follower of Christ, they would probably call it a sin also. They just might be, quote, sinning against someone else, where we believe that we're, we've sinned against God as well as toward other people. And uh, ultimately, that's what sin is. It is a transgression against God and his righteous standard that he has set. I think a lot of times somebody who doesn't have the same belief system that we do, they won't refer to it as a sin. They'll refer to it as a mistake. mistake. That's a good point. Which it, it lessens the severity of it. Right. Right. It lowers the penalty. Correct. For yeah. it. I made a mistake. My bad. My bad. My bad. I'll try to get that right next time. Yeah. But when we when we sin against God, which that's ultimately what a sin is, whether I offend you or sin against you, it's ultimately a sin against God. And so uh, we make a mess. We make a mess of life as a result of that. Um, I'm sure you've 
had some sins that you've committed that you had to clean up after it. For sure. Yeah. You know, your parents, you do something in disobedience, try to sneak in the house. I'll tell you what happened to us one time. I don't know. I guess this was a sin. Yeah, I'm sure it was. My brother and I, when I was a teenager, we used to we used to trap animals. All right. We had the slap traps that would, you know, snap them in the leg and we'd go run our traps every morning before school. We'd go early while it was still dark. And, you know, we'd have 10, 15 traps along the creek bank and all that kind of stuff. We'd catch raccoons and you'd catch all kinds of wild varmints. Y'all did it different in Louisiana, brother. Oh, baby. Oh, we, man. Did it, we did it right in Louisiana. So one particular morning, we were going to run our traps, and uh, my mom had parked her car in a place that she normally did not park it. And um, I was just backing my truck out, and when I did— I slammed into the side of the back quarter panel of her car on the driver's side. My brother and I just looked at each other because it kind of jarred us, you know, because I was cooking pretty good, even just backing up. And we just knew that we needed to go run our traps. We said, we'll tell her when we get back. <laughs> so we went and did our deal. How'd that and we, work out? It didn't work out too yeah. good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, we, we, we have this tendency. We make a mess, and then we've got to go and try to, clean up after ourselves. We got to confess that to somebody or, or ultimately to God. Um, but sin that's left unchecked, unconfessed, it just, it festers in us, right? It, it does. Eats, it eats away at us. Mm-hmm. Guilt, shame, So what we'll talk about this next week. And so uh, the outline this week was how do we clean up after ourselves? How do we clean up our sin? Well, and I think you've done a really good job throughout this entire series, Pathway to Maturity, of of starting correctly with laying the right foundation. For this one, how do we clean up after ourselves? The first thing is believing. And yeah. without the belief, we'll stay in that state of, well, I'm just making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a problem if, if you're talking about your relationship with God. So believing... Um, mean you said this believing means we actually recognize God's righteous standard and our sinful status yeah. that what we did is in opposition to that righteous standard his holiness yeah so otherwise the apology is very superficial mm. i mean you've had those where you the only reason you apologize to someone is to get out of something is to get out of it you didn't really believe you did anything wrong Listen, right? when you were given that example, if you get pulled by a police officer, <laughs> I turned around and looked at a state trooper and our oh, DJ. Yeah, uh, I DJ. talked to him afterwards. <laughs> he he just grinned at me, and I said after the service, I said, "Do you actually fall for that?" And he just smiled. He said, "Not so much. Not so much." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that is a, a lot of the problem with with the things that we do. We tend to believe that we were right and we justify mm. our sin. Have you known anybody that just justifies continuously living in a sinful behavior? If I had a mirror in front of me, I'd be looking <laughs> at the answer. I think we're all guilty of Absolutely. that. It goes back to that old saying, uh, we all want um, justice, or what is it? We want justice rendered on others, but mercy for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So true because we can always justify our behavior. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I messed up is based upon my circumstances. It's not a character flaw in Mm -hmm. me, but when you mess up. Yeah. You don't want to hear the why. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a character flaw on other people. And so 
I think at the core of this whole pathway to getting right with God and with other people, cleaning up after ourselves, we have to genuinely believe that we are wrong, Mm -hmm. that we are sinners in need of forgiveness. Um, If I wrong you, I have to, in my core, believe I've done Tom wrong, and I desperately need his forgiveness in order for my relationship to be what it ought to be. So it starts with the heart. It starts with a core belief system. I guess it also starts, there's a there's a beginning in the intellect. A recognition of a it. A recognition of it, and that, that sinks into the heart. And, uh, and also, when it comes to salvation, we have to believe how bad our sin is. That we actually need a Savior. Yeah. That's good. We can, and we're not it. We tend to have the view that there are tears of sin. Mm-hmm. There are some that are the white lies. Mm-hmm. Then there are some that are the serious sins, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it called? The uh, the higher sins are those that need the, more repentance. The murders, the, the big sexual ones. assaults. Yeah, the, yeah. Stealing. Mm-hmm. Un- un- unless it's cheating on a test. Yeah. You know, those are not nearly yeah, as bad. Everybody does that. Yeah, or you know, so so we have a tendency to to tear our sins, and if I'm not as bad as someone else, then I just don't have that real need for forgiveness or for a savior. Something funny about that I've recognized in myself, though, is it's amazing if I'm trying to play the comparison game that I always pick people worse than me to compare myself to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't pick somebody who's living a righteous life and and try to measure up to that. Feels I, a lot better. Yeah, I always pick the person that's down and out on their luck, yeah. and they just. And I'm like, see, I'm not that yeah. bad. Name someone real quick. No, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you say your wife, you're just <laughs> we'd be in a lot of that's trouble. Right. But but being but what what I'm getting at is that that white lie is just as bad or or, or causes just as much guilt as the murder does when it comes to my relationship with God. Correct. Because if you've broken one law, you're guilty of them all, Scripture tells us. And so I have to recognize that sin completely, no matter how bad or how small, how big or how small, alienates me from the perfect, righteous, holy God. I have to believe that. For sure. And I think that Jesus did such a great job of blowing up our mindset and the way we look at things. Like you said, we tear things off. And so Mm -hmm. maybe we are legalistic and we follow scripture and we follow the Old Testament and the the commandments in the Old Testament. Well, Jesus comes along and says, yeah, yeah, you're tearing it. So let me go ahead and make it clear to you. You're not a murderer. I say if you hate somebody in your heart, you've committed murder. What? Oh, you haven't cheated on your wife? Yeah, but I say if you look at somebody lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Well, I hear that, and I'm like, well, I don't stand a chance. Right. To which he would say, exactly. Right. You're you're guilty, and you have to believe that. That's where it all begins. And then that leads us to um, something closely behind that, but but it is separate from it, the more I've studied this, and that is Repentance. Repentance. Um, unless you repent, Jesus said, you will all likewise perish. You did a good job of fleshing out 
what true repentance is because you and I both come from a time where, and I've said it many times in sermons, we say repent is you stop, turn around, and go the opposite direction. It's behavioral change, behavioral modification. And probably in the same sermons, we say that God is not after behavior modification. He wants heart transformation. And so you correctly said repentance is a position of the heart, so not behavior, but it's a position of the heart that is closely connected to believing. So without the true heart transformation, the behavior modification is never going to happen. Right. Yeah, and that's where I referenced the Beatitudes. You know, the very first one, blessed are the poor in heart. Poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Just checking you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And so we get to that place where we understand that I am wretched, I am poor, I am broken. And when we come there, it, it there, there, that's the heart transformation mm-hmm. because that's where true repentance takes place. And, you know, like, like you said, we have taught this because we, we want to see the change so badly that we almost say that unless you change, you're not repentant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. That is not a true statement. Repentance means that my heart has changed toward the sin that I've committed. My heart's changed toward that. My my disposition toward sin is no longer in 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 the same way that it was. And your reaction to it, right? Yeah. You, you were clear, and I thought wisely so. True repentance does not mean that you're not going to stumble and mess up again. But your relationship with the sin mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah. So as in the past where you you're living in that lifestyle, whatever it is, whatever the sin is, and it doesn't have any effect on you, it's just part of who you are, your character. Now you have a new nature. And so even if you stumble, well, your relationship with sin is totally different. And mm-hmm. so now it, it it'll grieve you. Yeah. That's I think good proof that there's been heart transformation. Right. You know, you realize that that I have I have offended a holy God or I have hurt someone else. And man, it just it's gut wrenching. It is a change of self. It's a change of our heart and mind. And uh, it abandons that old way. And then finally, uh, you know, we came down to confession. And confession is born out of repentance. So we've got the belief that I I have sinned, I've done wrong, God is holy. I am unjust. I, I am unholy. So with that, I have a, a new feeling in my heart. I have a new, um, I have a heart change. So as a result of that, I confess. I confess, and I admit that I have done something wrong. I admit to a punishable deed or a sin that's in my life. You said you admit to it, and you say the same thing about it that God does. Right. So you you have aligned your view of that sin to his standards, mm-hmm. not our own. Yeah. Because my view of my sin, like we were saying earlier, my view of my sin, usually it is that it's not as bad as so and so's. You know, it, it may be bad, but it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And then God looks at it and go, You have broken a righteous standard that I have set. And in that sense, it is the same. You're, you are just as bad. And all believers must acknowledge their sins to God 
That's, that's confession. And in order, to ex- in order for us to really experience the cleansing power of Jesus's work in our life. So talk to me about when you said that it is the true condition confession is to true fellowship with God. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you, you've had conversations with people and you're in disagreement and you know, they're wrong or you're wrong. One or the other, and you're, you're just one. Well, like we talk about with our children, when you can, when you correct your child, and you you get them to say what you already know, what you already know to be true, that they did, they did steal something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the first big thing I remember happening to me. I stole something from a department store my mom used to shop at. It was a little horse. I'll never forget it. It was out in Texas, Dallas, Texas, and I I stole a little horse. And back then, you know, we weren't in seat belts back in the 70s. I had this little horse, and I'm making it run across the back window, you know, that back shelf in the back of those old 1975 cars or whatever. The car, this horse, I'm playing with it back there. My mom knew I didn't have that horse. and so she Where'd saw you it, get that? Where'd you get that? And I was like, I don't remember how I responded, but my mom was good at this. I mean, she was really good at correcting behavior. And so she took me back to that department store. Oh, how things were different back oh, then. Oh, man. I went back, and I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget. I, I remember this department store. Did you have to ask a small for the manager? One. The lady behind the counter that, I guess she owned it. I don't know exactly what the situation was there. But I had to acknowledge to her that I had taken her plastic horse right. out of the toy box over there in the corner with me. And so, you know, my mom, she knew that I was wrong. This lady you know, she probably couldn't care less about the little plastic mm-hmm. horse, but I had to confess. And, and in doing that, I had to acknowledge something that I had done wrong. And when we do that before God, God's saying, I already knew what you had done wrong, but now you and I can stand in agreement about this. And he knows if it's, it's a, if it's a superficial confession, because we've had those too, right? <laughs> Unfortunately we have. But tell your it, brother, you're sorry, or tell your sister, you're sorry. Yep. No, right. I'll say it, but that's I'll only to get me back so out in the yard outside. to play. <laughs> that's right. But I, your your closing line for the confession, though, is when we're genuine, mm. because there is a difference between genuine or superficial. But when we're genuine, God is faithful to forgive. He's faithful to restore. Yeah. And you're, I'm assuming you're you're referring to restore the relationship between you and Him. Yeah. Um, and that happens when we believe, repent, and confess. Yeah. And, and what a, how thankful we ought to be that we have a God who is perfect, whose standard is perfection, but yet he's made a way for imperfect people to stand in his presence as righteous human beings through Jesus Christ. If we confess our sin, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, without giving or going too much into this week's message, which is a cool continuation where you're going to talk about shame, one of the things that that you said that just jumped out at me, and I'm guilty of it, I think everybody is, we ask for, we genuinely ask for forgiveness. We have repentance of the heart. We've confessed to God. And yet we can't get over it. And you said, man, our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west, which is such a cool illustration that you did. 
But how do we how do we walk in that? Do you have any just without giving away this week's message or anything? How do you walk in that? Yeah, I think it is a practice of just there is a level of forgiveness that we have to do for ourselves. And not that we say that we didn't do wrong. It's just that, hey, I'm released from that now. I am releasing myself from that because God has. God has. So there's a level of belief there. Yeah. yeah. Right? We have to believe that. What he says is true. About yeah. It. You've got to be confident in what God says about mm. sin. And he says, if you, for, if you confess it, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It is gone. It is, as far as the east is from the west, it's cast into the deepest sea. You know, he remembers our sins no more. So why do you have to hang on to it? But we kind of like to wallow in this thing called shame. And it, sometimes it feels good, but it's not healthy. That's where we're going this week. That's going to be good. Winning the shame game. Winning the shame game. So I had somebody at the gym ask me this morning who wants to check out the church. He said, hey, am I coming in the middle of a series? I said, nope. This will be a great week to come. Fresh it's the start. start of a brand new series. That being said, you might want to listen to the last series just to get caught up. And get there. So, Well, listen, thank you all for listening once again. Hopefully you're uh, benefiting from this podcast. And, hey, if you are, share it with somebody. And we hope to see you on Sunday. But I've heard there might be a little bit of that white stuff falling from the sky. But, yeah. hey, if it does, we'll figure out what to do. Hey, well, just if that's the case, then go ahead and make plans to join us a couple days earlier on Friday. I think something's oh, happening on yeah, Friday. Oh, yeah, we got married people night out. So if you're Valentine's listening to this podcast edition. before that, you don't want to miss that. Tommy is geared up and primed and ready for this one. Excited. So, all right. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. <laughs>